Hello, everyone. We are here for another episode of All About America's Team. This episode is, I guess, a reality check for us Cowboys fans because the Cowboys are not 5-1. and one. They are 4-2 and two because, unfortunately, they suffered a a unfortunate defeat last night in Philadelphia, 26-17. to 17. We are here to discuss that. I am Ray Nickens, joined with, as always... Owen the Chico. And we we are here to just break down everything that happened last night. There's not much news other than the Cowboys lost last night, so I guess if that's the news of the day, we're going to go with that. But let's jump right in. Um, just some quick points of order. Cooper Rush threw three interceptions, had less than 200 passing yards. Um, the Cowboys defense did not have a takeaway. And really, Micah Parsons did not have a sack either. Trayvon Diggs did not have an interception, no takeaways. And Jalen Hurts pretty much had a very pedestrian game. Um, he just did not turn the ball over. And they, the Eagles were just, they were very efficient running the football and did basically whatever they wanted to against the Cowboys defense um, when it comes to running the football. So that was just, that was. One of those things that both of us were a little concerned about is whether or not the Cowboys defense had fixed their running their um their run defense. And unfortunately it looks like they have not fixed their run defense, even though they are they have the most or the best personnel in their front four or five or whatever you want to call it that they've had in a while. So I'll still once again come playoff time, be one of the main weaknesses of this defense, and we'll just have to Wait and see who we, what team we draw in the postseason. But um, that, those are just kind of quick points of order. Um, I'm sure I'm going to address the the elephant in the room, um, which is the backup quarterback who turned the ball over three times. Um, they the first two interceptions. While Skip Bayless may want to call the first one not on him, he threw it into quadruple coverage. And when you throw it into quadruple coverage, the ball is most likely going to be tipped up in the air. And ultimately, when you're playing a team that is 14 and 2 in the turnover department, um, 14 being they've taken away 14 times and 2 being they've turned it over two times, they're more than likely going to come down with the football. So that was just not a good idea. The second one was a terrible interception. Um, and then ultimately after that, I thought he – he settled down um, in the end of the second quarter. Uh, there, they honestly they should have scored a touchdown on the drive before the half, um, but they they ended up getting three. And then the first two two drives were touchdown, touchdown, and it was twenty to seventeen. And ultimately, the defense, who has been the saving graces of the season, were unable to stop the Eagles' offense when it came to running the football. And the Eagles marched down the field, chewed up half of the fourth quarter, and scored a touchdown, making it a two-possession game once again. And um, thankfully, we're not able, thankfully got cute and did not get the two-point conversion after a bogus um, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty by Trayvon Diggs, which he was on the completely opposite side of the, the, the defense. I guess he got upset with Anthony Brown for being dumb. But we all know that Trayvon Diggs has been very, very dumb very many times. So I don't know why he's showing up his his teammate like that. And so, but it didn't really matter. Um, they didn't score on the two-point version, so it doesn't really matter that much. But um, next next possession, uh, Cooper Rush, he had he, – he dropped back. The um, Tyler Smith, who had gotten destroyed all night, got beat badly by Vontae Graham. Um, the last couple of weeks, Tyler Smith has looked like a rookie more times than he's looked like a veteran. He's been beaten um, a lot more frequently than he has in a lot in the first couple of starts that he had. And he got absolutely um, wrecked by Devontae Graham, who who hit Cooper Rush by riding the chest. It was legal. It was not a roughing the passer penalty. But Tom Brady would have gotten the call, but Cooper Rush is not Tom Brady. Um and he got there just in the nick of time because he had not gotten there. CeeDee Lamb was wide open down the field. It would have been a touchdown 
or at least not an interception if you could get his um, follow through. And um, that turned out to be the, the game ending interception. I'll honestly, I think CD Lamb gave up on the play way too early. He could have easily come back to the ball and at least saved the, the drive. He kind of was standing there on the sideline, made a half hearted effort to get to the ball. I don't really know why he, he would do that, especially when the, it's the end of the game. And I mean, he could have at least tried to get to it. I don't really know what was going through his mind, but it, I mean, I guess maybe he had just been getting his, his butt worked by Darius Slay all night and he just kind of didn't want, or he wasn't, he, he wasn't in the, I guess, in the mood to bail his quarterback out. So um, it was, it was a it was a short throw, short arm throw, intercepted, game over. But ultimately, I'm not too upset with the loss because it tells me one. It, it told me a couple of things. Number one, they they were down twenty to nothing. Um, the man on the screen with me was was blowing up my phone, telling me how it was going to get ugly. They were going to lose thirty eight to three. It was going to be a disaster blow, and I was kind of ignoring him because I knew that the game was going to end up being close, which it was. And um, and it really told me that, one, the Cowboys and the Eagles are not that far apart um, because the Cowboy Cooper Rush played his worst game um, by far with the three turnovers, and still they were two, basically one play away from making things interesting in the last five minutes of the game and a, a stop away from having the ball with a chance to take the lead or a tie if the defense got that stop when it was 2017 with a quarter and some change left. But, yeah, that's the first thing. And then the second thing, a little bit more negative, is um, Mike McCarthy is still not the, not the, the guy because – I don't really know what he was thinking. Not challenging the 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 obvious first down that Sudi Lamb had. He he rushes, um, he he stretches his hand out. I knew it was a first down. Watching the game, I'm sure if Owen, if you were watching the game at that point, um, you probably were sure it was a first down. And they hurry it up to the the uh, on fourth and inches. They hurry it up. They're on the line of scrimmage. And I'm thinking, why are they hurrying it up? If they if they get like the refs at least 15 seconds or 20 seconds, they're probably going to review it or just challenge it. You're going to get the challenge, get your timeout back. And instead of handing it off to Ezekiel Elliott, who, by the way, had his best game in two years yesterday, um, if you hand it off to Ezekiel Elliott, you're probably going to get the first down. Instead, they run a bootleg pass play, and it, it falls incomplete. Should have challenged it, but, I mean, that it just showed me that, you know, the Eagles just have the, this this um, edge that the Cowboys don't really have. And you see it in um, Nick Sirianni, who's fired up at the end of the game. Um, looks like he wants to rip someone's head off. And then they pan it over to Mike McCarthy, and he's just there with like this, this blank expression, like, where am I? Um, what am I doing? And it, it just kind of – it just kind of – while there was hope that the Cowboys are not that far off, it just kind of tells me that come playoff time, the team, this team is probably going to be in the same situation as it was last year, trying to come come from behind and falling short and getting bounced in the first round. But um, the the Cooper Rush experiment is is definitely over now. Dak's going to come back. They're going to beat the Texans, the Jaguars, the Bears, uh, the Lions. That'll be. That'll be nine wins right there. They'll beat Washington as well again. They'll probably beat the Giants again because they have them at home. And Packers look terrible, so they'll probably beat them too. Um, so, I mean, that's that's 11 or 12 wins right there, and they'll be a playoff team, and then we'll see what happens. So, um, But, I mean, Cooper rushed his job. He got them in there over 500. Dak Prescott's good enough to beat bottom feeder teams. And... We should be good to go for the next six weeks. We'll be, we'll have uh, some Sundays, some champagne after every week when the Cowboys blow out their opponent, and then we'll um, we'll get serious late December. Is it, is it officially my turn now? 
Sure. Okay. So I, I'm going to break down what you said, but one of the first things that really, um, really stood out was talking about Nick Sirianni. Now, sure, like he can have all of his emotions, but at the end of the day, if you put the emotions aside, he was up twenty to three going into halftime, and the game ended seventeen to twenty six. Now, personally, I feel like if that's not something to really brag about because you were down and it and before the Eagles go on that 13 play drive where they ran the ball 10 plus times Dallas had all the momentum in the game in my opinion at least I felt like um and for personally top coaches don't let that happen obviously Dallas does not have one of those coaches so we can't really talk but for if if you look um at the just like the box score they obviously the eagles were up 20 to 3 and then the score ended 26 17 so that's not and yeah he was he was all fired up and everything like that but i'm sure for the for most of the third quarter he was not all that amped up um yeah tyler smith he hasn't looked he hasn't looked uh, great, but when he's going up against top perimeter guys, I don't. I did not expect him to bully everyone. Now, do I want him to be giving up these types of pressures? No, but he will learn and he'll get better. And I feel like he's done. He's done really well for the expectations that we had based off of him not really being able to. Based off him playing tackle at Tulsa, but playing guard for a few months. And Ray and I have talked hours about that decision. Um, and yeah, I, I think that if, if you look at Philadelphia running wise, Miles Sanders had averaged 3.9 yards. So let's call it four. And he looked good. I, I think that the the beginning of the game or the first two quarters and the second two the last two quarters obviously two very different games in the beginning um rush had two really bad interceptions and the defense was on the field for basically the whole game and obviously they're going to be gassed and i think the eagles did a really good job of with um aj brown um motioning um he they did really well with with him and that that's obviously going to throw off a defense and I thought that okay when I, when I texted right okay like the Eagles obviously aren't going to stop this obviously it's working there's really no point to stop it and they did um not going to lie I got some false hope going into that um after the third quarter with Dallas running the ball and yeah Zeke did look good you know, with it's with that carry really quickly it's shocking that you had false hope with that you know that backup undrafted free agent fraud Cooper Rush that you had you even even you who is the his biggest hater was like dang they're down three points he's gonna come back again and score another touchdown again and win the game again and he lost the game and now you're here disappointed well just like before me. I get before I get into before I go and tackle your thing first of all I meant to say this before I say anything else Thank you, Cooper Rush. You did. You did what I, no no one, including me, really thought. And because of you, Dallas is third in the division, which is insane. Um, and They're they have a fighting chance. They're four um, and two. It's not their fault that the Eagles and the Giants have a better head coach. No, I'm. I'm not. I, I. I didn't mean that sarcastic. I didn't mean that sarcastically. I'm just saying, like, because obviously I was under the impression that Dallas is going to be where the commanders are right now, like a bottom feeder. I'm just saying thank you for giving us a chance because in like three weeks, there's a real possibility that Dallas could be number two or, or first. So thank you, Cooper. Way of saying a fighting chance at yeah. third in the division. <laughs> well, he, he did, he did well. And I, I mentioned earlier on a few episodes ago and through text with Ray that Cooper rush, he has had some throws that, should have been should have been intercepted, and I think that uh, 
a lot of people were, were talk were talking about uh Cooper Rush being a pumpkin with like Cinderella and the horse carrier turning into a pumpkin at midnight and that was eventually going to happen. And yeah, uh his he he did look a lot better um once the game kind of settled down, but even with his three interceptions, Dallas had a chance. And you can either say that that was due to um, him playing better or just the Eagles not not being what, re- what we really think they are. And I think that two, a, a big reason why Dallas had a lot of momentum or had a, had a fighting chance going into halftime was because of Gardner Johnson, their, um, their um, strong safety that they traded for from the Saints. He was out with the hand injury for a little bit, and that allowed Dallas to kind of do more with their tight ends. And obviously... Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot, they had they had some really big catches that gave Dallas life and they were able to get some we were able to put some points on the board. And one thing I think that Dallas did really well this draft was drafting Dalton Schultz replacement because he has got he is like a $13 million price tag, and you have two rookies who can replace what he does. Um they obviously have to have to clean up some of the penalties, but um, I think that you're going to get two guys for $13 million cheaper that can do similar things. Um, yeah, Jalen Hurts didn't really have, he didn't ha- really have that great of a game. Um, I think that the, the big reason, the big reason, the big thing that he really improved on was, was his um, ball security, but he, they didn't, re- but Dallas never put him in a position to have to make errant throws he was able to just go along. He only had he only completed fifteen passes. Um, but yeah, I think I think that the biggest the biggest thing with this game that led to Dallas losing was that thirteen play drive where Dallas was only or Dallas was only down three, and then they ran the ball down their throat and. Obviously, no one expects a defense to be perfect for five or six games straight, but um, you would have liked to see Dallas do something more there. And um, I thought that that the that the defensive line had had, had a pretty good game. I I'll have to go. I don't. It's frustrating that that that, that Dallas is able to have the raw have the ball get run down their throat. Um, and then one thing, and then we can kind of talk about anything more in depth, is that this, granted, Micah Parsons did look better when Lane Johnson went down, which is bound to happen because you have a top five, top ten def, um, defensive player going up against a backup right tackle. They, they, they frustrated Micah Parsons a lot, and you could see that he was very – angry um they, they were reading him on read options and going where he wasn't and they were eliminating him from the game and they were not allowing him to have as big of an impact as he usually does and i hope that that he is able to figure it out and learn and be better because if this is a repeat of the broncos game last year where people can where teams can consistently eliminate Micah Parsons, then Dallas will be a, will be in a, a heap of trouble from now on. Now, granted, obviously Micah is a second-year player and he's done very well. So I I, I know that he, he holds himself accountable. So I'm sure he'll be able to be better because of this, and I think the whole team will be will be better because of this. Um, and yeah, and then last thing, um. It was it was a video of after the game Dak walking into the tunnel and he was clapping and you could kind of see that he was I don't know what you would want to call it um, whether he was like whether he was amped up to be back for the Lions game or what but um, quarterback one regardless of how you feel about him and obviously you don't we don't we don't want to see a repeat of Week One Dak we'd like to see. If we see a if we see a repeat of Week One, Dak, then this is going to be a rough season. Um, but hopefully, he can string uh, string together a few good practices and is able to start against Detroit and lead Dallas back onto 
another winning streak. Thoughts, Ray? Yeah. Um, so, um, I, I wrote a couple points down that you mentioned, so I wouldn't forget. But first thing you said about, you know, the Eagles, Sirianni not being all amped up the entirety of the game. I mean, this is the NFL. Um, every team you play, even if you're up 20 to, I mean, we saw it like the Bucks. The Bucks lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday, which should not have happened. The Browns lost to a, I think, like a seventh or undrafted third string quarterback by 15 plus points. So things are going to happen. You're going to blow leads. And the Cowboys are not slobs, they, they are a decent football team. Um, and the, the point that I was trying to make was in spite of them losing their 20 to nothing lead and being in a dog fight with a quarter left, the Eagles because said, because they have an edge starting with their coaching staff that is just over what the Cowboys have were able to, with no momentum, go down the field to the half of the fourth quarter and take a tent and regain their two t- two score lead, which ultimately ended the game. That was kind of the point I was trying to make. Not necessarily the one sense of him being fired up at the end of the game. That was just an example of that edge being showed um, on the camera where you see that and you go and typically you don't really see much from Mike McCarthy. You see it more from Dan Quinn, the, the defensive coordinator. But um, that was just kind of the point I was trying to make. The second thing about the, you know, the the pumpkin, the pumpkin striking 12 at midnight, whatever. I mean, the, the first half definitely did look like a pumpkin. The second half was a lot better of a game for Cooper Rush. And, I mean, I, I think that this is more of the shoulda, coulda, woulda. But I think if the Cowboys do get a stop, um, there, I think they do end up winning the game, and we're sitting here, and the Eagles look like the biggest frauds ever. And Dak Prescott is has a chance to never play um, football this season for the Cowboys. So, um, like they might, they just might immediately just sit down Dak for the foreseeable future for the Lions game, and then the Bears game, and then their bye, and then the Packers game, and we're in more the sense of the longer he wins, the longer Dak sits. Um, but, I mean, they were just waiting for that one loss is what was going on. Um, I think Dak could have played a week ago, but they were they were on the train of the more we win, the longer Dak's not going to play. And that was kind of the, the thing that was going on. And, I mean, that's, that's my opinion. Um, and that's just kind of how it looked because – Dak was out there throwing pregame, and um, he made sure everybody knew, yes, last week that he was ready to go and his grip pressure was good and he was all set and fired up and ready to get back out there and was excited to see what the offense could do with the with everyone healthy, which was a full-on shot at the backup quarterback. So that was just him telling everyone that he was ready to go, even though the Cowboys were telling him he was not ready to go, which was a total lie. They just wanted to ride the backup as long as they could. Um, that's just kind of my point on that. And then can I can I, re- I uh, give a rebuttal to that comment? Sure. Um, I I think that that when 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 he when he broke his thumb, the only person that was saying that he was going to come back very quickly was Jerry Jones. He had a six to eight week time frame or something like that. And yeah, I I understand. I think Skip Bayless said that um that that was a, a dig at um. A dig at Cooper. I'm not saying that's where you got it from. I just know I I've heard I heard that comment before. Now whether it was that yeah, or whether it. it was, huh? I mean I I read the exact I read his quote, which is I'm excited to see what our offense can do when we are fully healthy. And he's the only one who's hurt, other than Tyron Smith. And there are other players that are that are are hurt. And sure it could have been, but I I I don't think it's that because if um. Michael Parsons and Trayvon Diggs went on the Ryan Clark podcast, um, and they were talking about how Dak is ever since he was hurt, he was in the film room with Cooper Rush, giving him breaking down defenses, breaking down coverages, and everything. And if 
a player that was waiting for the downfall of the of the backup, I don't think that would that I don't think that that quarterback would have been in there helping him be better because obviously you're not going to want a guy who people are saying can threaten your position. You don't, you wouldn't want them to be better at things. So it could have been personally. I don't think that Dak is that type of guy, especially because he's he's only a lot of the reasons why he was able to Mississippi State Dallas is because of injuries. So I just don't think that he would have had that type of um, meaning. And maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? No, no one's ever going to know. Um, but that that that's my thoughts. And and for Dak, he he had swelling for several weeks. You're obviously not going to put him out there with swelling. And and Dak, we're talking about the same guy who after the Tampa Bay game said, oh yeah, I'll be fine for next week. And then statements came out that he broke his thumb or after the, the, the calf strain, like, oh, I'm fine. And obviously his calf strain was a lot more, um, a lot bigger of a deal than he made it to be. Or the last, last off or last preseason with his baseball injury, he said, oh, it's nothing. But obviously they didn't let him play because it was something. Or with his when he broke his ankle two years ago and he banged it against the um, the turf, he wants to play. And obviously, who wouldn't want to play? And you can say, oh, well, he's worth $40 million, so he, he must play. But sure, you could say that, that Cooper Rush gave Dallas a better chance to win, but that's only because his throwing thumb isn't inflamed and have swelling. And Dak, Dak did, I don't think that that was some media thing. He was out there throwing with practice squad guys, Alex Alex Linderstorm, the uh, um, a practice squad player, Dennis Houston, a practice squad player. If if it was, I, if I think that if he wanted that to be a media thing, he would have been front and center. And that's not what. Even after he had throwing session for like 20, 30 minutes, he hugged all the players and was like, "Thank you," because he he hadn't been able to throw at least to the media, at least. So I don't think that that was some, like, coming out part. Like, oh, look at me. Um, and we'll see if he we'll see if he can have a practice. And um, Mike McCarthy said two weeks ago, whether who hates him or doesn't, he was like, I want Dak to practice for a week, like getting actual first team reps before he plays. And he hasn't gotten first team reps, so obviously he's not going to play. Um, he still has the bandage on his right thumb. So he was in no condition to play, regardless of what he says. And I learned after the the thumb thing to no longer really trust what he says about injuries because he's always going to want to be out there. Um, but that's just my two cents. So I don't think that that was an attack on um, on Cooper. It might have been. No one really knows what, what his intention intentions were. And I also don't think that that was a... Um, that was a... Um, like a, like an attack on Cooper. Like, oh, it's I can play now. Everybody see me. Like, I can I can throw the ball too. Because if if that's what it was, I think that he would have had. I think he would have thrown the ball more in practice. I think that he would have been. That, that that's just not how I view him. But you 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 can either rebuttal my rebuttal or move on to your next point. Well, I'm going to respond to the rebuttal, not necessarily shoot it down. I was not saying that he went out there to throw as a media stunt. He went out there to throw because he was going out to throw. And and you 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 say that the reason, you know, all the guys who go out before the game an hour 30 minutes before are guys who are probably not going to play hence the Jalen Tolbert instance where he goes out and works out before the game and then ends up not suiting up. Um, the he wasn't going out there to show to for the whole entire media stunt. He was going out there to throw because he believed that he was ready to play. And same, and he wanted to, and you know as a quarterback, there's going to be media out there. They immediately on the telecast after Cooper Rush had thrown his second interception are talking about that Prescott was out in the field and he was throwing, and he was throwing before the game and he looked pretty good. And 
last week. He shook my hand. It was like, how's my grip strength, Phil, or whatever his name was. Um, those like that, that mean he's, he's a competitor. He wants to play. Um, and I'm, and I'm sure there's a part of him who was, you know, wanting to be out there and playing and he went out there and he was just like, look, see, I can throw the ball just fine. That's just the, that's just the individualistic aspect of it. It wasn't, I wasn't saying he was trying to show up anybody. He was just showing people he could throw and he was ready. Um, the first thing about the whole taking a shot at Cooper rush quarterbacks, especially like all quarterbacks have very big egos. Um, and like a lot of quarterbacks are going to go out there and they're, if the backup is winning games, they're going to be threatened because the, if uh, every starting quarterback knows that, and I mean, and, and like you said, Dak experienced it himself and that's not, that's not going to, he's not going to feel sympathetic for Cooper rush because of, and be like, oh, well, this is how I got my starting gig. So I'm just going to be really helpful. Um, he knows he knows from his own experience of getting the job that if the backup quarterback is playing well and they get on a stride and they're winning and the flow is good, that there's a chance that he might not see the field again. Um, I'm not saying that he purposely went into the press conference to take a shot at Cooper Rush. I'm saying that um, he's a competitor and he wants to be out there. And he said, Hey, I, I know how great we can be when I come back and we're healthy. And, and that came and then that came out as a, that came out as a shot at Cooper rush because it is basically a shot at Cooper rush because the only other player who was hurt is Tyler Smith and Dalton Schultz, who has been, who's played most of the last five weeks, just not very well. The main, the X factor of the situation is the quarterback. And it's, it's reading between the lines. That's what he's talking about is when he gets back healthy, we are going to elevate our play so much to where we're going to be unstoppable. And that comes out him saying, and I mean, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm sure when Tony Romo was down and Dak Prescott was winning all these games, he was thinking in the back of his mind, I'm better than this joker, this this joker. But he still helped him out and still was a good teammate and still made sure the Cowboys were in position to win. Dak Prescott did the same thing. Um, I mean, even when, remember when in 2014, when they were saying, when they were saying that, oh, the Cowboys might draft Johnny Manziel or whatever, and Tony Romo came out and said, nobody's taking my job. Like, I don't care who they draft, they're not better than me, and they're not taking my job. That's the quarterback and everybody. Tom Brady has, Tom Brady probably thinks that he's, that their backup is a, is a, is a scrub. Aaron Rodgers thinks his backup is a scrub. Well, Justin Herbert probably scrub. thinks his backup is a scrub. Joe Burrow probably thinks his backup is a scrub. Every starting quarterback no thinks that their backup's a joker. And if they're all in the same position where the backup's winning games, they're going to feel threatened too because they know what, what would happen. Um, there's been a lot of stories going back to 92 or 91 or whatever when Troy Aikman got hurt, and, and this is before our time. Um, and Steve Berline was the QB, and he won six, seven straight games, and it came to the point where they were in the postseason, and Troy Aikman was ready to go, and Jimmy Johnson was like, "Now nah, you're going to sit, and we're going to start the backup." And that's what that what that's what can happen sometimes. You get on the hot hand, you don't want to mess it up, so you stick with the backup. And that's what I was saying that if the Cowboys stole this game, that could have been the scenario that occurred where they were going to use that momentum of, 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 of smashing a 20 to nothing deficit and coming back. And they were going to ride out with Cooper rush and not give Dak the chance to start next week. So that's what I was going to say. If you want to rebuttal, that's great. And I was just going to kind of move on into the other thing that you said regarding, um, you know, the running game of Philly running game being inconsistent. Oh, um, I, I guess, all, all I'm going to say is I, I do think that Dak does give – I think both of us think that Dallas gives Dak uh, – D- Dak gives Dallas um, a better shot to win. But personally, if Cooper Rush the last – ever since week two to week to this week, if he was throwing for like 250, 300 yards, then sure, I, I, I would give it more thought. Um, But I don't think he's eclipsed 200 yards since – um, since the 
since the Minnesota game. And obviously, if we if we were getting um, Minnesota, he, like he eclipsed two hundred yards either against the Bengals or the the Giants. Okay, so if if he was doing that on a more consistent basis, um, then then I would give it more of a thought, but. I don't think that you're going to be able to go up against the 49ers or the Buccaneers when they eventually figure it out. Probably um, not when, definitely not when they're turning the ball over. That was who? the thing last night is they he turned it over three times and they were unable to overcome the deficit. So, um, yeah, never mind. But, yeah, you're right. Dak, they, they definitely, with Dak Prescott healthy and playing like um, – and playing to the – to the Calvary can, they're definitely, they're definitely better, a better team um, than they are with Cooper Rush. But I do think, yeah, I, I would prefer Dallas to lose this game um, just because if, if <laughs> what? Wait, the next game or the Philly game? No, no, no I'm saying the Philly game. I, <laughs> okay. I would I, I would prefer <laughs> that they were to lose this game. That, and that's not because like, oh, I don't want to see Cooper Rush anymore, but um. I think that – so I – there were times where um, I, I, I'm, under, I, I'm under the impression that if, if teams continue to win and they continue to win, they, um, they don't really – they'll never be able to – so in, it's a game with like a perfect example. They can look at fair and be like, okay, like we were bad in this area, this area, this area, and we'll get better. If they if they did go back and win this game, I feel like the sense of urgency to go back and fix some things would be different, and that's not because of how I feel on the coaching staff. That's just I think because like oh we played this bad and we won like oh that like we're obviously not we're not gonna play that bad again in the future, so it's fine. And I think that this hopefully we'll be able to look back at this game in the next few weeks, and they are better because of it. Or this can be like a Denver Bronco game where. The whole team gets figured out, and then they're awful. Um, so hopefully it's, it's the first one, but um, please continue to the run game. Yeah, um, that was kind of a perfect segue into my point on the running game because, I mean, the, the good, well-coached teams, whether they win or lose and however they win or lose, are going to address the issues that they had in the previous game. The Cowboys have been in not able to address their running defense for the last three or four years. And, I mean, it's it's not horrendously bad, um, like, as the stats show, but when the Eagles needed to run the ball, they were able to absolutely bully the Cowboys down front. And the whole thing about Micah Parsons being unable to um, learn or how to, you know, get, I don't know, fix whatever he was doing, like read and reacting or being more disciplined or whatever. That's, that's not, that's partially on the Cowboys for not coaching him properly or allowing him to, to just be a read and react player. Um, it's also the, the Eagles knowing what they're going up against and using their style of play, which is read option, running the football, getting it, having the Hurts run the ball, having Sanders run the ball, having um, Boston Scott running the ball. And they were able to use their style of play against Micah Parsons, which is the reading his reaction and going the opposite direction. Um, I don't know what Dan Quinn was thinking. He probably had the defense watching so much tape of the Eagles running their read option. And and despite all of that, and probably telling Mike Parsons hundreds of times, you have to watch the ball. You can't react and assume he's handing it off. He's still um, – Micah Parsons was still following the wrong, the wrong guy in the first half. And it really, it really just baffles me. Um, how you could watch tape over and over and over again of the Eagles doing the same exact thing to other teams and can go out there and do the exact opposite of what you were, what you're, what you're being, what you're seeing in the film room. Um, I mean, I know, I know I'm not a player and I probably do the same. Like, I'm not going to say that it's easy to change that, but I mean, they're, they're good. They probably had a plan in place and they did, like the exact opposite of that plan. And 
I mean, it, it just it wasn't a good showing for the entire the entire defense did not really really play well in that regard. Um, so they're I mean they're going to see the Eagles again and later in the year. Dak Prescott December twenty fourth. Great Christmas Eve! What a great way to start <laughs> off. Like, but um, Dak Prescott's probably going to be out there playing quarterback, so we'll see. Um, I said at the beginning of the year that Dallas Cowboys were better than the Eagles because they have a better quarterback. We'll see if that pans out on Christmas Eve. But that's kind of all I have to say on the running game. It just when they did do a little bit better when they went on that run early third quarter, but when the defense needed to make the stop, the Eagles went right back to that running game and the defense was nowhere to be found. And then you have, like I said, Trayvon Dick slamming his helmet into the into the ground. Um, as AJ Brown just runs after Jalen Hurts or the running out to the running back, and they throw it right over the top of them to Devontae Smith. And honestly, when I saw it, when I saw that, I was like, "Bro, Trayvon, you probably would have done the exact same thing, um, and you would have chased Miles Sanders because that's what you do. You bite on the first thing you see, and then they throw it right over your head. And that's basically what happened to AJ Brown. But um, the last thing I kind of want to say is. The penalties in this game were so bad. Um, it was it was just super annoying. I mean, you have Cooper Rush hits, I believe it was uh, C.D. Lamb for a first down, and then it gets called back because of a illegal formation. Um, you got the tight end doing bunny hops, like trying to get to the right spot, and I'm thinking, do you not know where you're supposed to line up? Like, And that was a five-yard penalty. They did not get the first down there. Um, there was a multiple holding penalties on Turpin's punt returns that were that pushed them back instead of starting at the Eagle at the Eagles 40 or their 40 they were starting at their 10 or 15 and um, putting your and, and those those two returns could have really changed the game giving Cooper Rush a lot better field position um, there was the Dante Fowler the infraction baller offsides that was terrible. It was fourth down. They were probably going to kick a field goal instead. They end up getting a touchdown. That's four points. That could have changed the game also. Um, just the like the team being super undisciplined. Uh, Mike McCarthy continues to be one of the most – having teams with the most penal, penalties. Um, like that's Most of those are just disciplined. I mean, they did get one break at the end of the game on C.D. Lamb's catch. That should have been a penalty block in the back, but they picked up the flag. But two two quarters earlier, they got C.D. Lamb for doing the exact same thing on yeah. another on a password that negated a first down. Also, so um, I mean, the ten penalties for eighty yards to the Eagles, two penalties for ten yards or whatever it was. It just that's just once again the opposite team is a lot better coached, a lot better disciplined, and a lot better place and. Um, I mean, it's like you said, um, we, we don't need to address this because we think we can win penalties, stopping the run. And that's just kind of, that's just kind of the, the difference between the Cowboys who are very talented and the Eagles, the Eagles are talented, but they're also disciplined. The Cowboys are talented, but they're not disciplined. And that's why, um, that's why the, the, the game turned out how it did. But, I mean, the last the last point I kind of wanted to make was, um, I mean, I really hope that Dak Prescott is going to be much better than he showed week one because um, him walking out of the tunnel or into the tunnel – you know, the, doing the, you know, the clapping gesture or whatever or not, I was just thinking, I was like, like, yeah, you can be fired up, ready to get back, all that stuff, but um, you, you've you been, you've looked like a clown against the Eagles, too. And talking like that was with when he lost to Carson Wentz, who looks like an absolute joke now. Um, lost to Carson Wentz with practice squad receivers, 17-9. Um, to 9. So, I mean, while Cooper Rush had a pretty poor game, Dak Prescott has played worse than Cooper Rush many times in his career. And I'm not saying that Cooper Rush should start over him. I think that the Cowboys should um, 
move on back to Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush is probably going to be either re-signed by another, or re-signed by the Cowboys for more money, or someone else is going to acquire him because he put enough good good on tape to where teams are going to want him because of his his winning record. Um, and you can say that's foolish, but they did it for Case Keenum. They did it for Brock Osweiler. Nick Foles has been bouncing around the league because of his his Super Bowl run. Um, I mean, Joe Flacco has a job. Colt McCoy currently is the highest paid backup quarterback, and he's done basically nothing. So, like, he's teams are going to offer him more than the eight hundred thousand dollar salary that he's getting paid right now in Dallas. Um, so that's just kind of the situation we're in. Um, I want I want to be I want to see Dak Prescott play very well because honestly um, the the team is in a position right now where if, if we can get 80 percent of Dak Prescott then they can beat pretty much anybody that they that they suit up against other than maybe the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs but that's about it any other team they can beat, but um, based on you know the coaching and the penalties and all that, I just um, that's going to be a hard thing to overcome. But it, it will be very disappointing if, they, if the Cowboys flame out with Dak Prescott again. Yeah, especially with how with how poor the NFC is this this year. Because um, if Dallas beats the Eagles, they're probably at least a top two seed. I think I have to, I have to look at it, but. Just going based off assumption. Um, honestly, with the penalties, I think that they're just so boneheaded that you we have to you have to keep like the players accountable. Obviously, the coaching staff um, should I mean, do a better job, but at some but point, it's like, time, it's like common knowledge that when you have the QB yelling like a madman, that they're probably trying to draw you off sides and not get you to like not they're not going to snap the ball and then and it also i I missed this one this was this didn't really have an impact on the game but it was just so funny to me um it was like fourth third and one or second and one or whatever and they're all lining in for a qb sneak and you got who i don't even know what is who his name is but you got him like leaning so far low to the football he's pretty much touching the football his entire helmet is over the football it's an obvious offsides, and and they still they still just blow through the, the Cowboys defensive line, and I'm and I'm saying I'm like you start you were blatantly offsides, and you're still unable to stop the QB sneak. That was just pretty funny to me. Um, and then also the, the the QB sneak where they had they had an e- illegal formation was also a um, very unfortunate. That's that's coaching right there. I mean, you know, you know what formation you're supposed to line up in, and for a QB sneak, and you know what's legal and what's not legal. And they lined up in an illegal formation, and instead of a first down, they had the punt. So that was just kind of that. That also hurt too. But I mean, sometimes the the block in the back to the holdings on kick returns. I mean, that's not necessarily the coach's fault. Um, but I mean the the offsides penalties, the unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, um, the ineligible player downfield penalties, the all that all that fun stuff is on the coaching. That's just like lack of discipline on your football team, which is on the coaching staff. I think it's more on the players personally. Um, the coaches can say, "Hey, like you can't do that, you can't do that," but if if Mike McCarthy isn't suiting up on Sunday. But why um, is every other team who has a good coaching staff not doing that? Every, consi- every time the Cowboys are in a big game, they're giving up 10, 15 penalties. I I, I do agree that, that the other teams are more disciplined and Dallas is not. Um, but penalties have been I, – I, I don't really know what the main – obviously neither of us are – in the star and not, 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 neither of us or really no one besides the team can really see what they do to, to manage their penalties. Um, but the tight end doing bunny hops, that's on him. Um, he should know where he has to be. K 
Kellen Moore shouldn't be in his ear. Oh, you should line up to the left of the wide receiver or the right. Like if if you made the team, you know the playbook and you should you should know the playbook. The block in the back, sure, you could say that's like knowing when to take your hands off of the guy. Sure. Um but the the only one the only only penalties that I'll kind of blame the coaching staff for are holdings, because they should be able to to let their linemen know like when you need to stop or disengage. But I think all penalties on the are on the individual player and the coaching staff can only do so much because they're not in their player's ear. But I, I do agree with you about the discipline. And sure, Mike McCarthy isn't a great coach, um, but I think a big part of the reason why Dallas is four and two instead of one and five is because of him. Um, and the coaching staff, obviously he's not like the main reason why, but I think a big, big part of why they, they have been successful with the backup is because of him. Um, but, and we, we, we can, have, we can have the, the coaching conversation another day, but there are only like five or six really good coaches out there. Obviously you have to look at every team, but even coaches like coveted coaches, like Cliff's Kingberry, like he's, He's not all that great, and obviously the Cardinals aren't as successful as we thought they were. No, um, no, no smart, no smart person thinks Cliff Kingsbury is a good head coach. Well, I'm saying like coming out of college and how the Cardinals were in the last after the Cardinals got D Hop, I think that that team was elevated. And obviously, they beat Dallas last year, but everyone beats Dallas. <laughs> but um, you you can say that 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 Mike McCarthy shouldn't be the coach until you come up with a good replacement. I Sean I have Payton. no idea, huh? Sean Payton. Sean Payton, the man that 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 put Dallas and that put the Saints in cap, the, the depths of 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 cap hell. I'd rather da- be Dallas- in cap hell and in the NFC Championship than with thirty-five trillion dollars and being a first-round exit. Dallas just got out of, I uh, guess, got out of cap debt. I don't think they're going to be in spend position. Money. They don't spend money, so why would and you get out that's, of that's cap? Not, hell that's not on the. That's money. not on the head coach. That's on. That's on the front offices. Their their mentality and their thought. What teams should do is get better in free agency, then go into the draft and draft best player available. Dallas doesn't do that. Dallas waits until the second wave of free agency. They 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 sign one year guys and they hope like J Ron Curse. No one thought that I people did not think that he would be as important as he is. Malik Hooker didn't think he'd be as important as he is. Dallas just signs these guys and they they just they they they, they hope that they're going to turn out to be to to be difference makers and they go into the draft and like you and I know they're like okay we want this player and if they don't get that player it's it's turmoil begins and I I wish I hope that that Dallas can make some type of of moves before the trade deadline I wrote it down I forget where I think I, I forgot who I sent it to but if Dallas can trade for DJ Moore or a wide receiver, I, I I would like that. If Dallas can um get another corner, that'd be great. And then if Dallas can maybe get like someone on the defensive line that can really like a big guy just just to stop the run. Obviously they have those guys, but that that that's what I would add. Um, I doubt they're gonna do anything, but that's just my. Uh, my my two cents on the matter. Do you think Mike McCarthy is in Jerry Jones's office screaming for DJ Moore? No, but Jerry Jones isn't going to allow that to happen. He make like you and I have talked about. He makes all the decisions at the end of the day. Right, not Stephen Jones. I'm glad we came to that agreement. Well, I, that was an inadvertent did. trap that both I said them, not though. unknowingly, and it worked out because you said both exactly what do. I needed. But look, the the point the about them doing the Robbie whole Anderson. breaking news. Robbie Great. Anderson, I knew out. he was going to get cut. <laughs> traded, but any, anyway, Cardinals traded for him. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Basically, what I was what 
I was going to say in regards to the whole free agent thing. The Cowboys look pretty pretty good right now with how they played their cards um, this season. They look totally fine. They've won four games. They're a thousand times better than both of us thought, or well, that you thought. I thought they'd be around three and three. Um, they've won, I guess, two more game or one more game than I thought that they would win. Um, so that's too raw for them, I guess. <laughs> but, but yeah, they the the Cowboys don't spend money because they don't have the type of person running the team, not running the team, running like the head coach who is going to be an individual. Jimmy Johnson tried to be an individual and he got ran out of town. Exactly. But he was also in Jerry Jones's office every week telling him, I'm doing this. I'm running the team. I'm cutting this person. I'm signed. They won three Super Bowls, so it did work out. I'm just saying that it was not not sustainable. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Jerry Jones is not going to allow that to happen. And Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy is that puppet. He's not going to go into Jerry's office campaigning for DJ Moore. Not going to go into Jerry Jones' office campaigning for Von Miller. Jerry says something after Von Von Miller. Dallas Dallas gave him a contract. Von Miller just didn't like the contract. They sent them something. He just didn't like it. Same thing Randy Gregory, was which I'm happy change. they did. Probably chump change. No, it look, just wasn't. Look what Von Miller is doing for Buffalo. It just because he's he's not worth six years. He's an on he's an older player. Six years, all that guaranteed money. He's it's gonna at some point in time you can't just throw money at a guy. Sure, Von Miller Von Miller would help. He he would help. But Dallas does isn't 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 yearning for sacks they're they yearning have for championships and von miller is a championship caliber player who was one of the main reasons why they won the super bowl last year and the bank and the and the bills paid him the hefty contract because they're like this is the type of player that gets us over the edge that gets in Patrick mahomes space makes him do dumb things and throw interceptions and we need when we need a guy to make plays in the fourth quarters of big big games, which the Cowboys do not currently have a lot of those players right now, and so they, they don't have players. They don't. They they currently do not have a lot of players who make big plays in big games in the fourth quarter. They need more of those players. And and Von Miller, whether you don't want giving him six years or whatever, or I don't want to pay him a lot of money for six years when he's going to probably retire in three or four years. But guess what? You're, if you get a Von Miller type player, you're a lot. You have a lot better chance of winning the Super Bowl with Von Miller than you do with Bobby Wagner or Anthony Barr. And we haven't really seen Anthony Barr do really anything that dramatic in the in the time that he's been been in Dallas. So on it, like Buffalo, like we've seen every game, Von Miller destroy opposing defenses meaning one he's still playing at a high level two he was worth every penny that they've spent and three that the buffalo bills did not make a bad investment on von on von miller um i think if if the cowboys had a head coach who was who was big on improving in free agency which sean payton is um or really any coach they would be spending not have signed him if he was big on that, he would not. They would not have hired him. They would. Huh? What I'm saying is that if he had that type of mentality, they would not. They would not have hired him. If if he had a mentality, but he hasn't been if hired. He, He's not coaching. If, no, no, no. I'm saying that if a coach had a mentality of let's get better in free agency, they would not. Dallas would not have hired him. That's what I'm saying. Because he differs from what the from what the front office wants. Well, that's the problem. Sean Payton hey. is, is is a, is a splash guy. He he's he's a big name guy. That, that he's da- a big Dallas name guy who, who who was in the NFC Championship game three out of the four last few years he coached, and was play and was a bogus penalty away from making the Super Bowl. 
a dumb play by his rookie safety for making another Super Bowl. Not Super Bowl, NFC champion, David, David, NFC championship. If he game. would have coached his players better, then that would he's have been the defensive coach. He's not the that's on the he's defensive the head coordinator. coach, though. He is he's the not a defensive coach. He's the head he's coach. Not... If he would have if he would have told his defensive coordinator to you're watch right, out for right. Williams, he had, he, yeah, he exactly. Not, you're right. If he had not been in cap hell, he wouldn't have he if he was smart he would have realized he was in cap hell and not drafted the rookie because it would have been too expensive no, and waited to the next round to draft him to, to sign an undrafted guy and then start the undrafted guy at safety. And then they would have been getting burned off the Precisely. field and not been in the cha- and not been in the postseason because they would be giving up 300 yard games to wide receivers. Pa- you know me so well. I Precisely. Mm-hmm. Well, Dallas moves on to Detroit. They get to go face Jared Goff and Dan Campbell. And I'm sure for all you fantasy people out there, please pick up or start DeAndre Swift. The end, it's just, please start him. I have him on my fantasy team. Is, well, that, a, is, that, is that a bad thing? Should I drop no, you him? Should, no, you is, should. Is that, is that a, I think you'd be insane for to starting no, I had Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts as my QB and receiver <laughs> last night, and someone texted me saying, "Since you're a diehard Cowboys fan, you should have you should have sat bench them." And I responded with, "I I care. I am not doing an end of the year fantasy punishment. Therefore, I do not care." <laughs> so, as much as I love the Cowboys, if Devont, I was. I was not a thousand percent upset when Devontae Smith caught the touchdown pass because it basically won me the, the week. This is fair. Um, we will be back later in the week to talk On Thursday about Thursday at eleven a.m. Yes, talk Friday about, at two p.m. Yeah, Friday. Yes, yeah. You confuse me for a second. Talk about that game, and obviously we were not able to talk about the Rams breakdown. Uh, yeah, I think that was the game. Um, we will talk about it late on Friday. We'll talk about it for a few minutes. We will talk about Dorrance Armstrong and his fantastic play. We will talk about we'll talk about we'll talk about the team. I don't, yeah, I don't know as who much it is. as as much as you're hating on Cooper Rush today, he could be Matthew Stafford, who's had like six pick sixes in the. Like, I think he's basically had a pick six every game he's played this year. Did, didn't someone on this podcast say that, that 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 Matthew Stafford was not all that great? I I think someone said that. I'm not sure who. Well, that that person is still wrong because he's a Super Bowl champion and. J- the, uh, there there are there are plenty of Super Bowl quarterbacks that were not all that. You're right. Their names, Their names were Trent Dilfer. Their names were Trent Dilfer, but Matthew Stafford is mu- is is a Matthew Stafford is here and Trent Dilfer is down well, here by my right team. now. Matthew Stafford is like leading the league in picks, which he which he usually does. Well, maybe if they sign Eric Fisher off the practice squad and bring back what's his face who just retired, they might be able to protect him for more than 0.5 seconds. Great quarterbacks find a way. You're right. Just like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, who look like total bums because their personnel is well. Tom Brady looks like a total bum because he stinks, and Aaron Rodgers looks like a total bum because his his wide receivers are from um, can't catch the football university. I I would definitely take. They should have ran the ball on. They should have ran the football on uh, on the on the Jets. They should have given it to Aaron Jones. I'll just <laughs> I'll I'll ignore that. Send. They should have just done that. That would have been a great idea. But the Jets and the Giants are better than the Cowboys. What a sight to behold. Record-wise, sure, but not – I would love to see Dallas play the Giants or the, or the Jets and see how that goes. Yes, Zach Wilson will be will – be, um, never – I'm not going <laughs> to <laughs> – never mind. <laughs> well, let's, let's, we will be let's back. end this before I, we, do any, we say anything dumb. We'll be back for the Lions game. Dallas, the last two times Dallas played the Lions, I believe Dallas won both times. Um, It'd be David Blau and Matthew Stafford. 
So, Jared Goff, get ready. Um, shoot. Yeah, it's yeah, a shootout of. Oh, Dak. If if Dak will be playing, I think it'll be a game. If Cooper Rush is playing, it'll be a shootout of like ten to seven. That's what we need. Those are the shootouts I enjoy. <laughs> it's a defensive shootout. Anything you want to say before uh, before our Mondays pick up? Um, take a long, hard look at that man right there behind me. That's the last time you're going to see him this season. Who knows? Week week eighteen. If if Dallas already has a playoff spot locked up, we might see him. We're not going to see him again. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Will Greer? Who knows? Yeah. If 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 Russia is not re-signed, we could see Ben Danucci come back. He's not coming back. <laughs> oh, Ben. But he's, thank he's you, everyone. He's selling some clothes. Hey, do, do not do not diss that man's hats. I've been wanting to buy one for forever. I just can't. I, they're, they're always sold out. I did, however, buy... Maybe maybe he's not giving you his hats because he knows you're, <laughs> you're a hater. I am a big fan of Ben DiNucci. I'm a big fan. Well, thank you again, everyone, for for tuning in. Um, we'll be back on Friday. It's Friday to talk about the Detroit Lions up against your Dallas Cowboys. And, and any any final words, Ray, before we leave? No final words. Go Cowboys, y'all. Have a great rest of your week. Go Cowboys.